What's up everybody, it's Owen here again from the Hiker Podcast, I hope everybody's keeping well. On this show, we'll have another featured hiker, longtime friend to hiker, adventurer, mental wellness advocate and all-round wild woman, Abby Barnes. The list of long distance hikes that Abby has completed is actually way too long to go through. She's even repeated some trails like the West Highland Way and the Coast Coast Walk in the UK. So at the time of recording this call, Abby was in the middle of Europe somewhere, so we caught up for a little chat, talking about how she got into long distance hiking. She opens up a bit about her own mental health challenges, and we discuss how she's using her organisation to spend more time in the wild to get more people outdoors as a form of mental well-being. As always, any of the trails that we discuss in this episode are featured in the Hiker app, so if you haven't done so already, Download the Hiker app for free now in your local app store or head over to hiker.app, that's H-I-I-K-E-R dot app to discover over a thousand long distance hiking trails from all over the world. Lastly, I'd love to hear what you think about this podcast. You can reach out to me, you can send me an email, it's podcast at hiker.co or you can reach out on our social media channels. So just search Hiker in Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, google plus i don't know if we actually use google plus but you can find us somewhere yeah enjoy this interview with abby burns hey how are you doing not bad how are you i'm very well thank you that was that was a good intro wasn't it it was it was pretty sick yeah one one, one take one take um, love it <laughs> Abby, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I know you're in the middle of a bunch of filming and, and uh, you're, you've got a lot of stuff going on. Do you want to give me like a, a kind of an overview of what you're, what you're doing right now and where you are? Yeah, sure. So, um, well, firstly, thank you for having me. I mean, it's so good to be here. I love what you guys are doing with Hiker, avid user of the app. Um, the maps have saved my, uh, saved my boots a few miles on a number of occasions. So uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, yes, so at the moment um, I'm on a road trip with my partner. Uh, we have been filming throughout Germany and Austria in the Alps, uh, shooting different content uh, all for wild. Uh, and then we've nipped down to Italy, partly a family trip, but also, um, you know, we've been shooting some fun things, sort of branching out or diversifying the content that I put out with wild. Um, and then in a week or so depending on the weather I mean everything is very weather dependent with filming but we're going to head up to the Malaveg so back into Germany uh, Malaveg is a 70 mile trail also known as the Painter's Way and it's uh, supposed to be really rather stunning so we'll be shooting on there as well Um, so lots of films basically in the making lots of um, presenting to camera lots of brainstorming new ideas but the idea of all of it cumulatively is to inspire and empower people to get outside for the benefit of mental and physical health. Amazing and like uh, I suppose now, as more more than any any time, uh, people do kind of need that inspiration because, again, we're recording this in the in the, the middle of of the global pandemic, and uh, there's people being locked down. I know here in Ireland, as I said to you earlier on, like we're going into another lockdown. Uh, I'm sure in the UK that there's several different layers, so it's really inspiring to, to uh, and it's great to have people like yourself that are out there able to. Uh, to shoot this type of content, put it out there, and just keep that kind of wild spirit. Uh, so, from from everybody watching your content, uh, past and future, thank you so much. No oh, pleasure. No, it's it's um you know it obviously it's been a bit of a test coming out here, as you say, worldwide pandemic. You really question, you know, are we doing the right thing? But this is um, as much for me and my mental stability as it is for Wild. Um, 
finding myself restricted in the movement, you know, freedom of movement, being able to get outside. I mean, it's something I need to do in order to literally keep myself alive um, when it comes to managing my own mental health and um, backpacking, you know, has, has saved me over and over again. And wild was, was forged through um, the realization that, you know, I needed nature. I needed that time outside to, to help me to get through. And, um making the decision to come out here was a big step you know we, we drove down we've done everything we can to minimize um you know the likelihood of covid being spread or whatever you want to however you want to describe it we're being as responsible as we possibly can and, and as you probably know when you're on the trail you really don't bump into too many people anyway um i've seen more <laughs> a mountain goat than people i think when i was in the alps but um yeah it, it, i mean it's, it's been very testing in its own ways but for me i very much see life as a trail in itself um you know how the trail has the twists and turns the ups and downs the good days the bad days and life is just like that and i really try and embrace it for for all it has to offer we never really know what's coming next but i want to to take up an opportunity if it appeals <laughs> <laughs> um so t- talk to me a bit about what got you into hiking in 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 general so i'm sure you know you're probably into the outdoors but hiking what what got you hiking so yeah so I love sort of anything outdoors really as a kid um rock pooling uh cycling all sorts anything outdoors you know I had a very fine collection of sticks and rocks I do have to say probably one of the finest in the lands <laughs> but um you know it's very much like part of who I am as a person uh and as kids you know we were taken to Wales and to the Lake District just hike up and down Skiddaw and Snowdon every so often so I was very much used to being out in the elements but I actually didn't start camping until I was 18 for my 18th birthday. We went camping, me and my mum. And uh, when I was 16, so a little bit of a reversal there, we did the West Highland Way for the first time. That was my first long distance trail. Wow. We carried everything with us. Um, and then basically every year we set ourselves a trail. We did B&B initially um, and it wasn't until 2016. Uh, so how old was I then? Something like that. Some 18, 19, something like that. Um, I headed out and did my first trails on my own. I set myself the goal of walking all of the UK's national trails, so designated long distance footpaths um, that are well managed by the National Trails Organization. And um, that's sort of where Wild was birthed as an organization because I wasn't able to complete this challenge due to mental ill health. And um, I actually ended up sort of shutting myself away for three months from from the world, not really going outside, a very vulnerable space. But then, you know, it, it really wasn't hard for me to be lured back into the hiking scene. And now it's just so much. It's very much who I am. And um, I love it. I love everything, everything it represents. I love the community. I love the the gear, obviously. Um, I love the, the health side of it physically and, and mentally and what it represents there for me as well. And where did did filmmaking then just come naturally out of that or was that something that was happening in tandem then you're like oh maybe I'll do this I'll fit this into my trails yeah I think that's a cool question actually because um when I was 13 I started making films so my background is is very much in conservation I'm very passionate about the planet and, and helping to protect it and I shot a film I literally just talked to the camera and bracket illegally close bracket um copy pasted some pictures off of google and put them on top of what i was talking about with regards to palm oil and the unsustainable production of palm oil and the film actually um won a competition place i just entered it into a kids competition and as a result i got to speak in the european parliament about um the unsustainable production of palm oil 
Um, a couple of years later, I won a film competition about marine debris, and that was awarded by David Attenborough. And then a year or two later, I was on top of Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, highest freestanding mountain in the world, shooting a film about global climate change, how that's affecting the mountains, glaciers, and you know everything around that. So my background is conservation and filmmaking in that way. I chose film consciously as a medium in order to communicate my passions and meaningful things, meaningful conversations to initiate them. Um, but basically, the um, the hiking came out of just documenting those, you know, family trips that, that me and mum did when I was 16, 17, 18. And I, like, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the, the challenge of perspective. And I put up a couple of little videos when I was younger and people seemed to like them. And so I was like, well, you know, this, this is easy enough. Like, I, like, it's nice for me to just film my trip. Um, and obviously as time has gone by, it's morphed into, you know, an entire organization, uh, documenting trails all around the world you know it's as much about building an archive of of, of routes as it is um, telling my story and it you know it is about just having fun on the trail I mean that's one of the values of wild is to to live life well and to laugh every day but um, it is about diving a little bit deeper and what can we learn from our time on the trail um, I always believe this there's, there's something we can take away even if things don't go to plan there's there's a lesson there and um, I try and just encourage my viewers to open their hearts, open their minds to that experience rather than just sort of gritting their teeth and pushing through for the sake of the challenge. Uh, we can really be very humbled by our time out and about in nature. And, you know, these trails can take us into some of the most stunning places. They can really put our lives into a bit of perspective and just want to encourage people to embrace that. Mm. And actually I was speaking to somebody else there recently about uh, the growing popularity of hiking and, and general absolutely. outdoor activities and while that's absolutely amazing for for the industry and for for everybody's well-being and, and mental health and um, there is a kind of a cross line of of you know conservation um where is the line there i suppose like or or is there a line or what 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 do we do to try and kind of educate people while they're coming out because we do it as much as you you know we're a business that's that's set up to invite people out to hike these trails and we try to show people that there's more than just the in ireland the wicklow way or there's more than the pct or there's more than just the west island way there's all these hundreds of, of, of long distance trails around but at the end of the day you know all these popular trails are going to get even more popular. Yeah. How, how, how no, I, I think, that? yeah, I think it's, I, I just, I, first of all, I love that you're asking this question because it shows that consciousness, that awareness that I think a lot of people are lacking. And I find that quite hard to digest. And I feel very responsible, you know, everything that I do. I mean, we've got nearly 4 million viewers now on, on with Wild and um, encouraging people to go outside. Like, I want to make sure those people are going outside with good, values you know and they want to protect and preserve the places that they're learning to treasure and actually that's that's part of where where wild was forged is that i wanted to help people get outside to have meaningful memories and therefore they want to protect the places that they're exploring so it, it that's the conservation foundation that i'm working from here um i think it's an awesome question i don't have a black and white answer i have a few ideas but um i think you know What's nice is these days we're able to see, you know, especially since lockdown, I think people have been very creative, you know, with um, mountain litter cleans, uh, you know, beach cleanups, um, like National Hiking Day. We've got um, an ordinance survey. They've got their um, National Get Outside Day, whatever it is, on the 27th of September. So there's lots of things going on. There is growing awareness and I believe conservation and action, um, conversation, excuse me, and action, are, you know, the, the best places to start. The people just remembering things like the countryside code and i think 
I think it really is just about attitude and perspective. I think, you know, if people see you or I ahead of them on the trail with a bag picking up rubbish, you know, they're going to question their actions. Hopefully you, you, you'd guess that, <laughs> um, you know, and I think if people can, can enjoy time outside, then, you know, that awareness will grow as they learn to tre treasure those spaces. So things like, you know, footpath erosion, things like, you know, it's not just the litter, there's a lot to it. There's that wear and tear that we're all, um, you know, non-intentionally adding to. And I think if we can support organisations um, who do do work to protect the places that we love and cherish, I think that can, can make a big difference as well. You know, there's the National Trust, there's the BMC, there's, um, uh, what's the Scotland one? I don't know, National Trust Scotland. There's a whole bunch of different, I don't know what you've got in Ireland as well, but, you know, these guys are doing their part. And I think, you know, as people who like, you know, you've paid to use a car park, like I think we should be putting back into the wild places that, that we almost can call home because yeah. they're special to us. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. So something you said that struck me seeing somebody up ahead of you uh, yeah. picking up rubbish and something actually happened to, today. Uh, okay. I was out walking with my 11 uh, year old daughter, Caitlin, and uh, she had seen me only last week on out, out hiking hiking a trail I just picked up a, a bit of rubbish when I was walking back and I carried it to the end of the trail and put it into a bin or uh, recycled it and she just she called over to me and said dad are we picking up rubbish today oh that's good I love it I <laughs> and love she just it. picked and she picked it up herself and put it into her pocket mm. so it was very very well, kids, kids are an awesome place to yeah. start you know setting them the challenge of how much rubbish can we pick up exactly. you know just take it back they want to do their part they're excited by it they don't they don't care about what it looks like if they'll be judged or questioned for their motives they just do it and I think as, as adults it's very easy for us to be tamed and to lose our childish nature with regards to just acting you know because that's what's on our heart but also you know living in awe and the questioning I think is something we should always strive to bring back in the awe of nature naturally makes us want to to, to do our part play our part in protecting it so holding on to that childishness is something I'm a big advocate for <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I heard I think it was a comedian saying at one point you know when you grow up you don't you don't just turn into an adult you lose your childhood like yeah. you, you're 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 forced into this uh you know fake adulthood where you you're told you know you, fun is for the weekend it's not for yeah it's not for a journey. which is sad you know it really is sad because I, I really believe that you know we are creative beings we are expressive beings and tapping into that quote-unquote childish nature is something that can really allow our true um, our true nature to flourish and and you know the outdoors can help us to do that as well so let's not stay suppressed that's what I say <laughs> <laughs> so you've you've quite a CV when it comes to the amount of trails that you've done um now yeah like, uh, <laughs> so you, like your your first one was the West Highland Way at the age sure. of 16 so you walked the entire way with with your two feet Yes, with my two feet. My hands weren't involved, actually. And, and probably a giant bag. <laughs> yeah, it was really big, actually. We were, even though we were being being, I look at the pictures like, how? How? What did they have in there? <laughs> <laughs> um, so t tell me about like, the trails that you've done, uh, West Highland Way being one of them, but I believe you hiked it more than once. Yes, I hiked it again in 2018. That was when I actually first started um, sort of working full-time for Wild or running wild full time, I mean, it is my organization. Uh, so I did a little bit of personal training on the side and a trained qualified PT. 
But um, yes, so the West Ham away, it is a special trail. And you know, even though I've done it twice, like I would do it again in a heartbeat. It, it's busy because it's the West Ham away, but it is, it is everything you expect it to be. It's, it's an awesome trail. I love it. Yeah, it, it's like 150 kilometers, I think, or like 94 miles. Yeah, and, 94, 96, something like that. <laughs> and it's, it kind of gives you like this uh, one-stop shop of like the Scottish Highlands and it just gives you like the yeah you're just you're you're brought through all of the highlights of the of the, of the highlands if, if i'm correct but that's that's not the only trail that you've hiked in scotland you've you've hiked the rob roy way maybe actually yep. I'll, let you, I'll let you list off some of the trails that you've done no it's all good yes so the west island way i've done twice i've done the rob roy way um the great glen way and i've done parts of the southern upland way but i haven't um completed that as a full trail yet there was ideas to do the uh, cape raft this year but it's just a big commitment time-wise um, and sort of documenting that I figure will be just a little bit more challenging with regards to you know the remoteness of it and actually you know it doesn't I'm very much heart-led in everything that I do and it doesn't quite hit the spot for what I'm looking for at the moment it's wild and it's remote but it's not I mean it'd be a grand adventure but I'm just I'm I'm very much at the moment looking for big mountains and big challenges in that way um, physical challenges getting higher pushing a bit faster um, but I, I do have a very special place for Scotland in my heart. Spent a week up there um, in August, I think it was, uh, just doing some different peaks, Ben Vorlich, Ben Lerman, Ben Leddy. Um, just, again, documenting the, the different walks that you can do in the days. And um, I just love it. The Midgies, you know. That was my next question. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, where you swarmed, did it, did it, did it drive you? A couple of places, you know, we sat down to do um, some, well, actually, I, I literally, it's, it's funny we're having this conversation. I, I upload videos every Monday onto YouTube, and uh, I just finished editing some top tips for the West Island Way, so that's just gone out. But, um, yeah, we were shooting for that, and, like, I couldn't get beyond the first three sentences. The midges were just so dense. So, um, in other places, they're fine, you know. it's not That's not all Scotland has to offer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 it's always been on the list, but... I've, I've, uh, yeah, I've, I've been attacked. Well, attacked is the wrong word, but I've been sworn. <laughs> it, is, it is an attack. It is an attack. It feels uh, very fun. Yeah, especially <laughs> when strength and numbers, and they definitely, when you go into the Scotland, it's like they definitely have the numbers. So it's one of those things that was always kind of like in my head, like, eh, do I want to endure that? And <laughs> I suppose, do you have any kind of top tips for avoiding them or any kind mm. of? Eco my, my, my number one top tip is to bring me because I'm the one who gets eaten. So <laughs> they'll all be on me and not on you. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll just, I'll let you know. I'll give you a call whenever I'm planning. Yeah, great. All right, I'll probably in the diary. Just give me a bit of notice. Sweet. Okay, awesome. <laughs> no, um, I find that I'm, I'm definitely someone who does get eaten. Um, here, we're here in Italy at the moment, southern Italy, and you know it's not the kind of place you expect to find mozzies, but my legs have just been absolutely shredded by them. They seem to be very attracted to my blood, which I can say, well, at least I have blood someone likes. But, um, you know, <laughs> I would just, you know, I just encourage people wear your, your longest sleeves. Um, you can use smid, you can use Avon skin so soft, which is always a funny conversation to have with people. Um, you know, your head nets and just generally being aware. Uh, but I think I wouldn't allow the midges to put you or anyone off Scotland. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many, uh, you know, fear tales, scare tales out there about what they can be like and they can be intense, but most of the time you can get by just fine. 
yeah. I was sure. Like I'm, I'm, I'm coming from Ireland, and we have just as bad know, a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I went up to the Morn Mountains up in Northern Ireland uh, not know, too long yeah. ago, and yeah, it was, it was uh, my first really bad experience because it would be just like you know, in terms of latitude, it's basically the exact same. Mm-hmm. So I was getting. Mm-hmm. Was getting pretty tacked, uh, and it's not that fun. But no, you can get <laughs> well, it's your first experience of that intensity. It was, it was bad, but yes. I, I, you yeah. know, in hindsight, it's not that bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, you've done a lot more than that. You, you fight all over the UK. You did the coast to coast, I believe, more yeah, than I've once. Yeah, done that one twice as well now. <laughs> <laughs> and did you go coast to coast and then coast? back to other coasts or? no i didn't actually so the coast to coast was the second trail i did so that was really? uh, when I was 17 yeah wow um and again i did that in 2018 uh because that you know i wanted to film it properly for a while um so 2018 was coast to coast two miles away west highland way and great glen way um usually do four well was initially starting with four or five trails a year and now it's just trail 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 <laughs> and I suppose we haven't really touched on properly, but maybe you want to talk a little bit more uh, about what WILD is and what it actually does stand for. Uh, we, we, you have mentioned it a good bit so far, but maybe give me the the elevator pitch. Yeah, I like that. I'll, I'll close the circle with that. So yeah, WILD um, I established in 2016. So when I started this National Trails Challenge, trying to walk all of the long distance trails in the UK, um, I mean, it was not a small challenge. I, I, you know, I, for some reason, always seemed to aim big, but um, I was pretty certain I could do it. I had all the logistics. I'd raised some money for Kickstarter. I was ready to do it. Um, but I basically, the reason why I fell on my face was because I was struggling with my mental health, as I said um, earlier, but I wasn't being honest to the camera about it. Uh, it never crossed my mind. This, I wasn't doing this for wild. I was just purely doing this because I wanted to document the trails. Um, and it was sort of as I was like lying there in a crumpled heap of existence a few months later that I realized actually the only way I could do this and stay true to my passion is to be authentic. Um, and that was sort of the first time I think in my life I'd really come into alignment with my values and authenticity and living wholeheartedly is certainly, you know, just a couple of key phrases there that I strive to, to live close to every single day. And um, it was 2017 then. Basically, I, I didn't didn't get out hiking. I didn't even hardly do any day walks. I was just so low and struggling with my mental health. A lot of dangerous places, um, but I managed to get up to the Atlas Mountains in Morocco um, and climb Tupacul, which is the highest mountain in in northern Africa. And it was the first time I sort of just mentioned a few times to camera about my struggles with with my mental stability, um, keeping myself safe, and just generally trying to choose life on a day to day basis. And it felt good. It was very hard. It was very vulnerable, but it felt real and it, it, it sat very well. And if I'm honest, that's sort of where Wild came from. Um, I don't remember the exact point in time when it was birthed into a, a con, you know, an idea, a concept. But now, essentially, what I'm doing is, as, as we you know, talked about, I'm going around the world and shooting different films, different trails, um, all in alignment with the values of, of Wild and what we represent. But essentially, the mission statement is to inspire and empower individuals to get outside for the benefit of mental and physical health whilst building meaningful connection with the natural world and with each other. So it's a long spiel, but essentially it's like, get outside, it'll be good for you. <laughs> um, and it's, it's great because we, this year, just launched a brand new website. And, you know, the visions I have for Wild are so big, it's just insane. And obviously sort of picking myself back up and ourselves back up with, with lockdown and COVID and how that's affected what we're doing hard. But it's very exciting. And, you know, as a big believer in, in giving and serving, 
um, which is everything that Wild represents for me. You know, I know I see every day how that helps me to to survive, to live, to to thrive, and um, that's what we're really trying to introduce now. Is is how can people, you know, use their outdoor time, use the empowerment that they get from nature to to serve, to give back in order to you know manage their own mental stability. And I guess that sort of comes round to what we we're just talking about with the conservation-based stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And one thing I actually just thought I was thinking earlier on a kind of question that I'm not sure if you'd be, you'd be comfortable answering it. Um, if, if if there was someone who was listening to this who is is going through kind of mental uh, challenges and they're going through some mental health challenges, sorry, um, you know, and you know they do they do have that wild spirit. It is something that they want to get into, but they just don't know where to start, and they they feel that you know, their mind is kind of playing against them. What kind of advice would you give to that person? First of all, I say, take the pressure off, you know, just give yourself some space, hold some grace for yourself. Um, I think it's, I mean, I don't know about you, but the beginning of lockdown was really quite overwhelming, not just because of lockdown, but because this whole movement of what you can use this time to do and how you can be better. You can get stronger. You can, you know, eat cleaner, like this whole be more, be more, do more, do more was right out there. And it was very overwhelming because if you actually felt affected by lockdown, you know, you felt, I don't know, going through financial struggles with work, maybe you'd actually lost your job. You know, you suddenly have a, a big noisy house and you're someone who needs quiet, you're, you're quite introverted and inward. It's hugely overwhelming. How can you then take that time to be like, okay, I'm going to turn my life around because I have a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like I don't have to be X, Y, and Z now. Um, I can invest in my health and X, Y, and Z. Like it, it's hard. And I think people almost felt guilty um, for struggling. And first of all, I want to just encourage people like, it's okay. You don't need to feel guilty. You don't need to look at Instagram, look at Facebook, look at YouTube and see people doing these crazy trails. And you may have a yearning to do that, but break it down. Um, I am someone who aims big. And the only way I can aim big is to break down those goals into small achievable steps. And sometimes all that means in a day is to get up to make coffee and look at a guidebook. Um, you know, maybe I'll get out with the dog around the block or something. It's, it, it's those small steps and it's celebrating every victory. Um, you will get to that goal if that's where your heart is, if that's where your mind is. Invest in yourself and stay true to yourself, but be honest with yourself. And, you know, if it means one day you have to pack your backpack and just leave it by the front door because the packing is so big and overwhelming and good on you. Cool. Step one, tick, tick it off, you know, celebrate that again. Day two, you're going to get in the car, you're going to drive to the parking lot. If you feel like you can go for a little amble, go for a little amble. And the reason why I say this, it seems very simple. It's like, just go for a walk. But if you're having one of those, what I call a ceiling staring day, but you know that your heart wants to be outside, it's, it's really hard. And I know so many people are stuck in, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, a depressive state. And trying to empower yourself and motivate yourself is, is hard. And you can then feel guilty and shameful that you're not doing well enough, you're not getting out, you're not pushing hard enough. And just want to sort of encourage people to, as much as possible, let that go, free yourself from those pressures and just um, focus on what you can achieve. And then if you are looking to get into backpacking and, you know, you feel like, cool, you know, this is something you want to do, you're ready to venture out, maybe start with your first overnight or somewhere local, maybe go with a friend, in fact, I was even working with a lady um, just after lockdown. She wanted to go camping, but she was so scared of everything involved. I just encouraged her to walk to a friend's house 10 miles away, camp in the garden and walk back again. And now she's gone and done some wild camping on Dartmouth. 
Um, it really is just trying to sort of think outside the box and into what you can achieve, what feels achievable. And even if it seems simple to other people, you need to do what you need to do because the only person you're going to be with out there is yourself. And it's really cool, actually, to be able to see your journey. You know, from me starting camping when I was 18, I still struggle while camping. Um, part of my mental health is sometimes, you know, I see things, I get really panicked, really flustered, and that can leave me very vulnerable. And being on my own in a wild camping situation, if there's a sound that I don't know, can, can actually be very dangerous for me. So, like, I'm working on that myself with my own little steps, my own little goals. And, you know, I often get questioned, why don't you do more while camping? Like, oh, while camping is great. You can go wherever you want to do. You're completely free. And like, I, I totally embrace that. But I know that I have to manage my mental stability. So I have to do what I have to do. And the same for anybody else. So if you want to jump on a trail, I'm super pumped for you. Welcome on board. Um, focus on how you can break that down if it does feel overwhelming. You know, join some online communities. Um, and I've got my own through Patreon, actually, um, you know, super, super great space. People are just, oh, it's just amazing what they're doing, getting out and achieving through the support and encouragement of each other. Um, and just just believe in yourself. That's, that's a good place to start. Nice, <laughs> nice, nicely put. That was a really nice answer um, to a very difficult question. Uh, I think a lot of people can resonate with that, me, myself as well. And it just, you know, it, self-compassion is is. Yeah. One of the most important things you can practice in, in life, uh, you know, and I try to do that myself. I try to encourage that with, with friends, with family. It's like, it's okay. You're doing enough. What, yeah. what, what you are doing right now is enough. Set yourself yeah. goals, but don't, don't do it for somebody else. Don't do it yeah. for the Instagram post. Don't do it for social media or the gratitude from other people um, or praise from other people. You do it for yourself. And if, if, that, if that is literally cooking yourself a meal, um, if that is going out and having a difficult conversation with somebody or if that is going and hiking a four-day camping and, and and hiking trek then then so be it but just yeah. thank your or praise yourself for yeah. the, the little bits and things you do um, and steer away from comparison because that yeah. that can be very dangerous um just just stay true to you and what you want to achieve and, and that's what matters most. absolutely so uh back to the trails um, Back to the trails, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's talk. So, uh, uh, what are trails in, say, in, in, in England have you done? You've done the coast to coast? Yep, coast to coast, West Hanover Way, most of the Southwest Coast Path, um, Cleveland Way, Ridgeway, Yorkshire Wolds Way, um, lots of, what's the North? Oh, that is the thing. Uh, South Downs Way, North Downs, there's a, there's a bunch of trails. There's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. <laughs> um, I'm, ju I'm just trying to get the SEO for uh, for, oh, yeah. <laughs> for this. Bing, bing, bing. But you've also gone internationally and you've done um, the Tour de Mont Blanc, uh, mm -hmm. which again is on my list. It is a. Oh, incredible. Again, it, it is. I was speaking to Paul about it only recently. We did an episode on the Tour de Mont Blanc. I also spoke to Craig Adams yeah. uh, there recently. He did it and he's dying to go back and do it again. Oh, same. Um, I, I, oh God, all right, I, I need to book it. Um, <laughs> Come on, go, go, go. <laughs> um, it's what, what, where do I go with that? Like, what, what was your highlight of the Tour de Mont Blanc, or is it in itself a highlight? I, that, that question just excites me because I, how do I put this? I have high expectations of myself, even though I don't consciously register them. And I've done a lot of trails, I've done a lot of tough things in my life. Um, but I don't necessarily feel proud of them. 
um, I just kind of, as soon as I've done something really hard, I sort of acknowledge it, I celebrate it, and then I'm on to the next thing. Um, every time I finish a trail, part of my coping strategy is to think of the next one. Um, but I, you know, more and more I've been slowing down and just being able to embrace an experience like I am someone who does like to close a chapter. Uh, the reason why I'm telling you this is because the TMB, I made a film called Alive, and that is the first film I can categorically say I'm exceptionally proud of because I worked very hard um, hard on that film. I Just getting myself out there, even the morning before my flight, I was just almost paralyzed by terror. Uh, my mental health was so poor building up to that trip because it was so overwhelming. And it's so hard to put yourself in the shoes that you're going to be in, walking in a different country, in a different climate, in a different environment. And it's it's hard to plan it. That you know, the, the information you get online is completely contradictory. I had all the guidebooks and they conflicted each other. And just getting myself on that plane, first of all, was a pretty decent highlight because it was like the bubble popped. Um, but then I didn't really have an itinerary. I wanted to do the trail in about nine days. I ended up doing it in seven because I just became, like I thrived so much on that trip and just bombed along. You know, I, I, I skipped places I was going to say. I did a wild camp at two and a half thousand meters on the Swiss Italian border. And just, I have never known myself like that. Just absolutely in my element. I had a, a real big mental crash at one point when a refuge I'd, I'd aimed to get to had no space. And I had literally no idea where to go. They told me I couldn't wild camp because it is actually illegal along the, the entirety of the trail other than a designated wild camping spot. Um, there were police about. I did have a ranger come up to me one time saying, make sure you're not wild camping because you know it's a 650 euro fine. Um, so you're being told all of this and there's a lot of fear you know, that, that I was carrying and I had a proper mental drop because it was about 8 p.m. The sun was going down. I had no idea what to do. But I decided to just keep walking because that's what I do best. And I had my quickest bounce back from a panic attack that I've ever had because I looked up and I actually allowed myself to lose myself in the landscape that I was in, in the mountains, in the wildflowers, in the streams, in the snow, in the sky, in everything that that there was. And that is where I realized that I was in a place that really saw me come alive. And the story that I have to tell through that experience is it stays with me every single day in fact this probably sounds exceptionally arrogant and vain but the picture i took of myself on the sunrise of that wild camp um, my tent and the mountains and looking over switzerland at two and a half thousand meters just what that represented that picture that i took um, i actually have on my wall i wake up to it every morning because being able to see myself and what i actually achieved in that moment is so empowering um, so the trail itself essentially <laughs> long, long answer to your question was the highlight but I think just what I took away from it was a highlight as well. Well, another great answer. Fantastic. <laughs> like um, that, uh, that, sorry, that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> 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 um, no, that, that, you put that perfectly. And like it, it, the conversation with Paul was obviously a lot more intricate about like what happened. Mm. Along. But uh, did the name Alive come before or after did you always intend on calling the movie alive or is it after because it sounds to me you were like huh Something no it, it, it came on the trail every every title every story i get um so you know the west island way film was learning to thrive the great glen great glen way but the mouthful um was seeing beauty in the ordinary um coast to coast has embraced the journey 
every story, every title I have for the films. And one way I'm shooting myself in the foot because they don't help me get the biggest viewing because it's not just coast to coast hike. It's actually a story that I'm telling. And that is always, always, always forged on the trail through my experience. I, I do go onto the trail looking for something to learn. Um, and without fail, I come back with something. And Alive was was in that moment. That's where I realized, all right, that's what this film's going to be about then. <laughs> I think that's it, it's, it's not intentional it, it stitches yeah. together the narrative comes together because i am a storyteller at heart and as, again it's just that authenticity i'm having that experience I, I share it with the camera as best as i possibly can so it makes the story pop out quite easily <laughs> yeah and the, I, i've watched the movie myself it's fantastic anybody gets the time please please do watch it because you do see your your even in the way you speak your voiceover throughout the whole thing you can hear it in your voice you're just delighted to be there now that goes for all of your videos but that one in particular special you, place you, for me you could definitely, <laughs> definitely do it. so you're definitely going to go back anyway as soon as, as, soon as well you yeah know. because there's all the alternative paths and i didn't get yeah. to do all of them so in theory i haven't finished the trail yet <laughs> uh-huh uh you probably have to do it several times over if you yeah, want to do that so hard life is so hard <laughs> um and other international trails. Have you? I know you're you're planning to do the Matterweg, the Painters Trail in um, in Germany. Well, this year as well, we're supposed to involve um, some in Iceland, Sweden, um, oh, oh, so many different international trails. I mean, I've done the Bearaway in in the southwest of Ireland. Um, that was fantastic. Did that last year. But Kilimanjaro, I've mentioned the Atlas Mountains. I've mentioned. I've done quite a lot in the Alps now as well, piecing things together. The Via Alpina. Um, and yeah, the Malaveg, and possibly if we've got time, we'll be jumping on a couple of other trails here in Germany. Well, when we get to Germany in a bit as well. So um, international is, is becoming much more of of the focus, um, but I don't lose the passion for, for what the UK has to offer. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, having, I know I've only done a small bit of hiking in the UK, I've done the Set Downs Way, but nice. there's just even the difference between that and Ireland. Now, the hiking trails in Ireland are fantastic, but the UK just has something else, like the, the right to roam and, and the, 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 the infrastructure around trails over there is, is, is absolutely fantastic. Do you have any plans for across the other way over in the US? Did you, any trails that kind of you have your eye, your eye on? I think, yeah, cool question. I mean, <laughs> I do a lot of live sessions on YouTube and every time without fail is, when are you going to do the Appalachian Trail? When are you going to do the PCT or the CDT? And I'm like, yeah. well, at some point, because I'd love to get that triple crown of status. But, um, you know, I'd love to head to the States. For me, you know, something like the PCT really appeals. Uh, obviously, a big chunk of time that I would be... I always told myself I could do the PCT after I got a degree, but I stopped my degree, so that's going well. Um, <laughs> but it's it's... It's something that does appeal. I think for me though, when I look in, and again, it's only looking in, so I can't you know, truly be representative, but it seems like a very different culture, um, you know, and, and especially with the release of the film Wild, which is funny because that's my company. Um, <laughs> you know, they, um, seeing how the PCT is really upped, it's, or mm -hmm. um, well, the number of people on the PCT is, is so much bigger now. I wonder if that would take away from the experience somewhat and, like I know it's a very long time to be on the trail. It'd be nice to connect with people, but I'm definitely someone who does enjoy that sort of solo space or that working through the challenges myself, because that's where the lessons come from. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll definitely get over there without fail. It's just a question of when, and I'd say a little bit closer to home, sort of in Europe and heading north to, to the Scandinavian countries is, is a little bit higher on the list at the moment. 
Um, but bring it on. That's what I say. State side at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, you said something there around the culture in the US, mm-hmm. and that definitely, from our experience, there has, particularly on the these the, the through hikes, the, uh, the 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 Triple Crown. Yeah. You know the monster two and a half thousand mile hikes uh, yeah. from 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 border to border. Uh, it, it, it it does seem to be a, a lot more about who you meet along the trail, uh, and yeah. because there's um there's quite a I suppose in, in in ratio or I suppose in as a percentage of the total amount of people that take on these trails, actually a small percentage of people actually end up completing it. Yeah. Um, and they usually it's because uh, not maybe not just because, but one of the reasons is because they've met people along the way and they've kind of egged each other on. Um, but you you are very much a solo hiker. Yeah. Um, do, do, do you do now? I know you're hiking with your partner in on the Matterweg, uh and maybe some other trails. But would you do you ever hike with friends or family? I know you did your West Highland Way and coast to coast with your mom. Yeah. It's it's a funny question because I, I actually run monthly wild walks like under normal circumstances. I take people out, I take groups of people out, um, mostly through the southwest of the UK, but branching out. Um, I, I love that. I really do enjoy that connection time. I love meeting people on the trail. In fact, in the Alps, I had a bit of a uh, situation. I might have taken the wrong path, sort of, sort of at the wrong mountain. Um, but just that, you know, that language barrier, like my German is, is reasonably poor. Let's just put it that way to be kind to myself. Um, but, you know, the community sense there and the fact that I bumped into people and they were able to explain the situation, which was great. Um, filming isn't always the most, it doesn't help with map reading usually, let's just put it that way. Um, but, you know, I love that community sense. So that's certainly something that, that you know, I hold dear to my heart. But yes, I, I very, very much value time on my own. Um, like I've built that that relationship with myself that I, I just, I couldn't enjoy my own company. I, I need that space like every day essentially in order to to process my thoughts to set my intentions to focus on my goals and um to be the best version of myself um you know obviously we're traveling at the moment but under normal circumstances i do a morning walk every day it's, it's five miles um takes just over an hour and you know i'll listen to podcasts i use that time for good input i use that time for creativity often i'll come up with scripts and, and ideas then um, you know, I'm expressive. I like writing songs, so I'll write them then as well. So I really, I really just need that space without any external noise um, in order to tap into where I'm at inside. Um, and honestly, in the last couple of years that I've been doing that, like it has changed my life. Um, really, just having that space and prioritizing that space uh, just allows me to be the best that I can be for my relationships, for myself, for my company, um, and I think for the planet as well. <laughs> it gives me a it gets me out of my head and puts me in a little hot air balloon. Gives me a bit of perspective on how I can be the best I can be. Lovely. Now, on to the more serious stuff. All right. Food. Ah, oh, all right. You've got it. What do you want to know? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. This, this is a this is like my my go to when we were doing these podcasts. I want to know. Sorry, my phone is listening to me here. Um, I want to know what is your your okay. There's two types of food I always ask. First of all, what is your pack snack? Pack snack. Oh man. Do you know what? We made some mean energy balls a couple of months ago. They were dates, they were almonds, Brazil nuts, and coconut. And oh my gosh, we devoured them. So, yeah. you know, we made a little video as well. You can get get them on the channel. But I enjoy them. Um I don't even know. Just 
<laughs> generally if it's food, I eat it. That's the problem. <laughs> I mean, when I pop through a town, like I always pick up some hummus, like hummus and, and carrots and stuff. Nice. Just because, you know, if I'm camping, that's, that's cool. I, like I'll lug that for, for a distance just for the novelty of it. But things like, yeah, date bars, um, basically as whole food and nutritional as possible. I'm going to just enjoy the experience. Um, and I, I pretty much always got, got a couple of them on hand. So you're not a sweet tooth like me? Well, dates are quite sweet, don't they? Dates are sweet, yeah. yeah but no chocolate, no jelly bean. No uh, jelly well, I actually can't eat chocolate. I'm intolerant to cocoa, so that oh, works okay. Yeah. <laughs> More for me, I suppose. <laughs> you can have that after date bars. <laughs> and the second layer would be, okay, you've just arrived into a town. Yeah. You've got your choice of any type of, type of cuisine. You've, been, oh, like, you've, yeah. you've, you've done like a 20 mile, 30 mile day, say 30 yeah. mile day. What's, what do you go for? Uh, are we at a store or a pub or what's the situation? Oh, you, no, you, you're in a town and you've got your oh. choice of cuisine. Okay, okay. No, right. no, this is the paradox of choice now. You're, you've got it's it tough. really, really different. Well, I've lived this out a few times. So usually I scout out the first supermarket. If they have a salad bar, I'll go there and I'll get some salady stuff. Usually I end up buying a hot cross bun or some kind of bready thing just for the carb satisfaction. Then on occasion, I have been known to go to a pub and to order a full meal. Then I've been known to go out for an ice cream. So, you know, it, it swings and roundabouts. <laughs> Generally, I utilize the trail to eat a lot of food. But no, I, I always go for, as I said earlier, the sort of carrots in this situation. I, I get so much joy out of that. Um, and uh, yeah, just I, I always, always, always pick up, you know, an avocado, a couple of bananas. Um, just I like to get that fresh produce in and uh, I've been known to carry them a long way, probably further than most people would want to because <laughs> most of nature's produce is not very light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've, uh, I don't know if you've seen my our stories there recently. I've been, I've been kind of giving people our, our snack of choice and well, my snack mm -hmm. of choice, uh, which is bog standard crackers, like cream crackers, cheese, yeah. red cheddar. And yeah. uh, I don't know if you got a chance, actually, you were, you were down on the Barra Peninsula, so you weren't too far away from Ballymaloo. Uh, Ballymaloo, okay, it's, yeah. it's, it's a relish, it's a tomato, sweet tomato relish. Oh, I didn't get to try that. Man. Okay, I'm working with you. <laughs> Let's go, Scotland. It is, it is like, it is, is it jet fuel. It will get oh, you going. That's awesome. Uh, and my, and, my, and my, my, my cuisine of choice is always pizza. Like, always pizza you will never oh, be I should send you a pizza from Italy <laughs> actually Please. it probably wouldn't be that good then <laughs> some good pizza here yeah um, so I want, I, 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 not much time left on this so we've been actually talking for quite a while and this is probably one of our longer episodes you can chat. <laughs> um, I want to know about your pack uh, because okay. it is something that we do get quite a lot of questions about uh, about you know different types of packing and obviously every trail will have a different requirement based on the number of days you're out there based on the weather based on the terrain um but is there any kind of like key piece of equipment that you bring uh bring with you yeah my pack i i mean it's funny because yes every trail requires different things but generally the thing that, that varies is just how much food i've got on me food mm -hmm. and water um, so I can tell you how I pack my backpack, backpack, with a mouthful. Um, so first of all, at the bottom is sleeping bag. Um, and then I have sort of a three sort of, um, what's three? Like, not cauterized, but my brain's not working. Triple I have thousands. Oh, yeah, yeah. Set up. So it's like first aid kit, um, stove set up, 
and um, sort of food bag things that they don't need. So they sort of sit on top of the sleeping bag um, and then wash kit sort of slides down the side. And then the top is, is sort of clothing bag, things that I might need accessible in the day. I hike in the same clothes no matter how long the trail is in the same clothes. I just have a sort of wet pair for the day and a dry pair for the night. Um, and then I've got my waterproofs and, and you know, that sort of thing just to make sure I stay comfortable when I'm on the trail. So essentially that never changes. What changes is the, the food that I take and how much I need. And, and I am one to look ahead if there's stores where I can buy things because if I can get that pack weight down, then I will. Um, people often uh, underestimate how, how quickly your pack weight can get up. And then especially when you add camera equipment, tripods, batteries, charging stuff up, like it suddenly gets heavy very quickly. Um, <laughs> so I, like that's, that's where I... I always try and save weight as much as possible with things like food and water. Yeah. Um, I'm terrible with packing my bag. Uh, I definitely need to learn, learn some lessons from yourself, but uh, one person that is, well, he's, he's actually getting really, really good is Paul, uh, yeah. our CEO, and you know, Paul, um, he's getting really good at packing his bag with all of the, you know, ultralight, you know, yeah. camping setup and, and stove and all that kind of stuff but he brings his laptop with him every single time. He did now tell he me that. spoke once. <laughs> yeah, he has to. Like, he, ha- he does have to. And same with you. You have to bring your camera equipment, your tripods, yeah. your yeah. your chargers, everything you have to bring it with you. But it's just like, where's the balance? You know, That's I'm just true. there happily ha- hiking along with my, <laughs> my, like, two kilos of Dubliner cheese and, you know, four That's liters good. of Baimaloo relish. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I definitely have to learn something from that. Um mm. That this has been fantastic. I, I, we can go on. I don't, uh, is there anything that you want to kind of get across in, uh, in the interview? I don't think so. I mean, no. I really enjoyed the chat and just, it's nice because I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. We've sort of explored wild and what that represents. We've explored the trails and why they're, they're important to me and sort of put a bit of encouragement out there, which is always nice as well. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Well, look, um, it's been absolutely amazing talking to you and it's great to actually see your face for once yes, that's uh, it. And, and hopefully the, hopefully the next time we speak we actually get to see face to face at some point and that. maybe even get a trail get, go hiking sometime. I'm on board. Um, <laughs> so where can people find you and where can people find uh spend more time in the wild yeah so super easy um just click google spend more time in the wild or abby barnes a-b-b-i-e for abby um i'll pop up there head to our facebook page head to um instagram page just give us a little follow obviously youtube as well as the key place for the videos but if you did want to support wild and what we're trying to do um, we have got our patreon community uh, which you can join it is there is a, a small financial charge there but everything goes into support of what we're doing helping people to get outside empowering people to get outside and really do have big visions for wild and, and, and worldwide change actually to um, see people you know partner with themselves hope you feel a little bit better and and serve serve the planet a bit more as well brilliant and well thank you again and uh, enjoy your time in the alps enjoy the matter and we will definitely be having you on at some point in the future to talk about the matter and any other trails that you're doing Um, and abby barnes thank you very much nice one thank you you take care and speak soon (laughs) 